we are into the next episode of Run Talk SA, the first one post Comrades 2014. My name is Brad Brown, and uh, if you're a regular listener to Run Talk SA, you'll hear that uh, I'm not sounding the greatest, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much uh, the story of my comrades. Uh, yeah, really, really bleak. Uh, it was all on track and everything was good. Saturday afternoon, started getting a bit of a sore throat. And Sunday morning, woke up as sick as a dog. So uh, it was a tough, tough decision to make. But I, I believe I made the right call and uh, decided not to run Comrades in 2014 just to, uh, for health's sake, actually, and just avoid any nasty surprises on race day. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think I made the right call. The race is going nowhere. Comrades will be there in 2015, and I need to make sure that I am. So it was a difficult call to make, but... Uh, it is what it is. Uh, the nice thing is I'm going into winter feeling pretty strong and fit and my legs feel fantastic, which is uh, pretty good, which is probably more than what you can say if you ran Comrades on Sunday. I just want to say I've got massive respect for you. Uh, it was amazing and really difficult to stand on the side of the road. I was in Kloof pretty much uh, for the entire field coming through. And it was awesome to watch. It's the first time as an adult that uh, I've got to watch the Comrades Marathon from the side of the road. We then made it back to the finish to watch the last two hours uh, of everyone finishing. So uh, if you ran in 2014 and you finished, congratulations. If you didn't finish, uh, hard luck, better luck next time. And just come back, vow to be stronger and fitter, and uh, I'm sure you will overcome whatever obstacles you had on Sunday uh, that caused you not to finish. So congratulations. I think it's uh, extremely brave and courageous to even make the decision to run, uh, and it takes a lot of work, I know, to get to the start line too. Coming up on this episode of Run Talk SA, I caught up with Rowan James, the race director uh, of the 2014 Comrades Marathon. Just a little bit about race day. Obviously, there were... Uh, some logistical issues at the registration, which we spoke about, and uh, one of them being the queues on the first couple of days, also running out of goodie bags in Durban. Uh, and then we chatted about race day itself and uh, touched on some issues uh, around Comrades, one in particular being the Comrades cheats that we spoke about here on Run Talk SA extensively over the last few months. So again, it'll be interesting to see what uh, comes of that. And then also there's a few rumors doing the rounds, which we nip in the bud on today's show as well. One of them being that the 2015 Comrades Marathon is going to be another down run. Uh, Rowan says it's not. You'll hear him say that. And also that there's a half marathon coming uh, around Comrades. And that's absolutely not true either. So a lot of talk on social media about those two issues and neither of them are true. And uh, you can find out exactly what Rowan has to say on this week's episode of Run Talk SA. As always, I love hearing from you. Please let me know how your Comrades went and if these podcasts helped and the webinars uh, I'd love to hear from you. Pop us an email, podcast at runtalksa.co.za. Also, if you listen to this on Stitcher or if you listen to it through iTunes, if I could please ask you just to take a couple of minutes, it'll only take a couple of minutes, to leave us a review. Uh, what that does is it just helps other people find this podcast and uh, it ranks us really highly in iTunes. So the more reviews we get, the more people get to see and hear Run Talk SA. So we put a lot of work into these podcasts so that you don't have to pay for them. And we'd really appreciate it uh, if you wouldn't mind just taking a few minutes and leaving us a review. It would be much, much appreciated. So let's get straight into today's show with Rowan James. 
Well, just a few days after the 2014 Comrades Marathon, and we're joined now by the race director, Rowan James. Rowan, welcome back on to Run Talk SA. It's good to catch up. Thanks, uh, Brad. Yeah, always good to uh, share some time with uh, you and the listeners on Run Talk SA. Rowan, I wanted to touch base with you. Obviously, it was uh, your first race in charge as race director. You you haven't been in the position that long, just over over two months uh, since you, you took over the reins. And uh, Interesting experience, I'm sure, first time around for you uh, with the race. Just in, in general, how did, how did you find things? Yeah, Brad, I'm, uh, for a first time up, I'm very happy with the way uh, um, things went on race day, in particular from the start through to the route, through to the finish uh, um, you know, all, all functioned well there. And, uh, there's always small things that happen in the background uh, uh, that can be fixed quickly, but as long as it doesn't affect the runner, it's certainly not a problem. So first time up, uh, it went very well on race day from my perspective, a lot more smoother than uh, uh, in the days when I was previously at uh, Two Oceans. And I think uh, that's indicative that things are, are really strong and in place from a race perspective. Uh, Brad, at the same time, yet acknowledging that uh, registration needs work. I'm aware of that. And... Uh, I have plans to fix that, so it's certainly not uh, uh, all, all doom and gloom, so to speak. Yeah, Ron, I'm glad you brought up registration. Obviously, uh, a race the size of Comrades, there's always going to be logistical issues and, and, and things that crop up. Uh, with, with regards to registration, I mean, obviously, day one and day two, there were some, some massive, massive queues to, to pick up numbers. Uh, and and you, you reckon that's a, a problem that can be pretty easily sorted out next year? Indeed, uh, Brad, and that's that's a challenge I like, and uh, that's a commitment that I give to uh, all the runners and the listeners to your show. That uh, I know what the problems are, and they can be fixed. Uh, when I was uh, still race director at uh, Two Oceans, roughly three years ago, we had a similar incident where we were doing registration at the Good Hope Centre, and the queue stretched all the way down to the port in Cape Town. And uh, the following, you know, we we addressed it, we looked at it, what needed to be fixed, and the following year used to advise that the, the longest waiting time anybody had was 45 minutes. So I think the key thing there really is to take those learnings uh, and share, you know, that we've learned from other other races on the, on the other side of the fence and share them with each other to fix it up. So uh, I know what needs to be done to registration to, to fix it because uh, uh, queuing for four and a half hours is totally unacceptable and uh, something through the medium of your show that I would just like to apologise to those people who are caught up. It's not going to change anything, I know, but... I think the main thing is also to give them the assurance that I will work on that to ensure that they have a seamless registration process next year. Rowan, while, while staying on the registration process, uh, I know there were also issues on, on Saturday uh, of, of uh, goodie bags being run out of. I mean, that's, I, I'm just blown away that that's the case. I mean, entries closed in November. You knew exactly, and, and I'm not blaming you. I'm saying comrades knew exactly how many people were coming months ago. How can you run out of goodie bags? Yeah, uh, Brad, again, uh, purely, purely a logistical uh, uh, problem from comrades' aside. Uh, you know, uh, skirting the blame is not the issue here. That was all done before my time. Uh, but what it subsequently has boiled down to is that uh, more goodie bags have been distributed to the Peter Marisburg point. Uh, than to the Durban point. So, uh, no, we did not run out of goodie bags, but logistically, in terms of the numbers, the split was wrong, and uh, more goodie bags were delivered to Peter Marisburg and less to Durban. So we still have goodie bags over, and in fact, I've got the office today already contacting those people who didn't get goodie bags to make arrangements so that we can get the goodie bag to them. So a logistical problem from Comrade's side, again, that we are fully aware of and apologize for, but I mean, the important thing is we're making the re we remedying the solution to get those bags to those people who didn't get on race day. 
What was it? Was it the same issue with regards to shirts? I mean, I, I, and I'm using myself as an example. Yeah, I ordered a two X shirt when when I arrived or when I entered, but when I got to the expo, there were no two X shirts available. Um, not so much there. The uh, Brad, just in terms of uh, how that works in the industry, having worked for Nike for ten years, I fully understand the industry. Um, the just so that uh, the listeners out there can get a bit understanding is that. Uh, T-shirts, when you're working through one of the reputable sports companies, and in this case, New Balance, who is our technical sponsor, they have to place their shirt by or order 11 months in advance. Yes, it sounds crazy, but uh, these weekend road races where they give out really poor quality T-shirts creates the wrong perception in the marketplace that you just go down to a corner shop and buy a quality T-shirt. Yes, that can be done. But when you're working with a... Uh, a strong sports brand such as New Balance, they have production timelines that they've got to work according to, which is 11 months. Uh, so yes, so when entries close, uh, the shirts are already in production from that point of view. So uh, the, the how do you get around that is with better forecasting of the size curve. Again, that size curve was placed before I came on board. Um, but naturally for next year's race, I'm now firmly in the saddle and I'll be able to do the forecast better to ensure that the size curve is right base number one on this year's number of entries, but also base number two on really the industry norm to ensure that everybody gets the shirt size that they order. Rowan, as far as, as, far as race day goes, uh, as far as medical issues, and, and that was fairly warm on Sunday. I, I know you've just got off the phone with uh, Dr. Jeremy Bolt, who's the, the, the comrade's doctor. Uh, anything untoward or, or things that cropped up that are, are concerning? Not at all, uh, Brandon. I think uh, Jeremy, Dr. Jeremy Bolter runs a, a very tight ship there together with uh, our medical partner, Netcare uh, 911, who are, are out on the route uh, with all the various ambulances and responses. Uh, Dr. Bolter's been doing the Comrades Medical uh, Facility for 37 years now, so he knows the setup very well. Um, just in terms of a couple of the uh, stats that I've got is... Uh, there are 120 uh, beds in the medical facility. I went into the medical facility at 4 p.m. on uh, on race day, and then only four, when I say only 46 beds have been taken. Uh, naturally, it's a rotating system. Is that obviously once the athlete is fine or uh, sufficiently uh, medically fit again, if I can call it that, then obviously they go out and the bed gets filled by the next one. Uh, the total number of medical admissions on the day in the finished tent was 362, of which the bulk was the, the normal, uh, let's call it running-related ailments of dehydration. So they just get put onto a glucose drip, and uh, literally 20 minutes after coming off that, they feel so strong they all want to run comrades again. Um, so that's all, all good from that point of view. The main cases, we had four, if I can call it more the critical cases, uh, we had four Athletes that were submitted to St. Augustine's Hospital in Durban. Three of them were cardiac-related, and one was uh, renal failure. So that, that particular athlete has gone on to dialysis. And speaking to Dr. Jeremy now, will be, um, uh, what do you call it, discharged from hospital this coming Friday. And then in Peter Marisburg at St. Anne's Hospital, we only had one admission, and that was for a seizure uh, or a fit. Uh, from that point of view, so all the other all the other uh, people that came through the medical facility at the finish have all been sufficiently treated and discharged by eight o'clock that night. Um, these cases that I've just mentioned, hospital cases, are the ones that predominantly come out from the route, uh, which Netcare then picks up and just dispatches directly to the hospitals concerned. 
All right, brilliant. Rowan, there's always, every year, there's, there's <laughs> talk and, and rumours. And I, I heard something last night. Someone was saying, oh, they saw on Facebook that two people died. You can confirm that didn't happen. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and that, that is, I suppose, that's just what happens in the day and age of social media that we live on and uh, live in. Uh, uh, I can categorically state that we did not have a single death in Comrades this year. I think one thing we might just need to reiterate is that uh, that is obviously what comes through our medical tent one, or which is picked up or dispatched by Netcare on the route two. All that information is channeled through the the VOC, which is the Venue Operations Centre. So naturally, for argument's sake, let's say somebody has completed the race or bailed the race and then gone home for whatever reason, and then from there picks up the medical condition and goes to hospital or whatever, that is not accounted for by... Uh, by the race statistics, so to speak, because that's happened outside of our realm or reign. So from the point of view of anything race-related, I categorically state that there were no deaths on race day at all. All right, fantastic. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, you've obviously seen the video of, of the SABC uh, TV coverage of the car crashing into the barrier. I mean, a, a bullet dodged there big time. I don't know what happened, but, uh, yeah, really thankful no one got hurt there. Very much so, you know, and, and, and uh, as fortunate uh, and, and would have it, uh, we had medical, uh, Netcare medical teams uh, covering that area of the route. Basically how our medical plan works is that uh, we take the whole route and we divide it up into sectors or segments, and that's just one of the areas where Netcare is actually based uh, in terms of breaking up the route. So uh, when that car hit the barrier, straight away our medical team was there to assist if need be uh, that naturally then becomes a South African police services crash scene. Uh, but fortunate, uh, I think you can clearly see on the video that everybody just got out of the car and was really sort of shaken straight away. So pleased to advise no uh, serious medical condition there. I think also uh, what is potentially a saving grace there as well, having seen that, is that the Durban-bound side of the, the highway, in other words, that's the side of the highway uh, of, that the runners were on, was slightly elevated to the Peter Marisburg side of the highway, which is where the car had the crash. So it bounced more into the wall or a little bit of the Armco barrier uh, as opposed to uh, if the two um, road surfaces were at the same level and that, at that speed if it hit the Armco barrier, who knows what could have happened, but thankfully nothing did. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. And uh, Rowan, just a, a couple of a couple more things. One of them uh, was a, a very interesting thing that some people did pick up in the race packs. Uh, some might not have noticed, uh, but in the final race instructions, uh, obviously point two in those race instructions were were on cheating, and it's something that's cropped its uh, ugly heads in in the last year or so. We obviously exposed it here on Run Talk SA, but you taking a firm stand on on cheating, and you you. You've basically drawn a line in the sand and said uh, you're not going to uh, accept it. Uh, I know it's still early days and, and you've still got to analyze the data, but uh, I mean, you, you're pretty much sure that if you do pick up something, you're going to disqualify. Very much so, Brad. And, uh, you know, and I think it's, uh, it's something for, for me that just on a personal level that I will not tolerate cheating in the sport in any matter of means, whether it be from doping, uh, taking shortcuts to gain time advantages, anything like that. We don't need those sort of people in our sport. I know Comrade uh, shares a similar sentiment to me and they've actually given me full uh, carte blanche or reign to ensure that anything going forward is, is uh, dealt with swiftly and immediately. And uh, that's certainly what I intend doing from that point of view. Hence the reason that I actually wrote the uh, uh, section point two in the final race rules and regulations on cheating because uh, we will not tolerate it, as I've mentioned. And uh, I'm busy having the data pulled uh, as we speak by our IT guys. 
so that we can start analyzing the uh, any potential results that we we see we think deem further investigation in and and I'd like to thank uh, Rang Talkers and Professor Mark Dowdswell for for bringing that to the fore. You know, I think it's all through partnerships like that that we can weed out these few minority people that really spoil the sport for the majority. Yeah, Rowan, if I can just uh, confess to something here quickly, it's uh, quite a humorous story. But uh, before you get that data, there's going to be a name on that list that missed every single timing, Matt, but registered a finish time, and that would be me. Uh, it, it was a, a long, long story. There was uh, somebody who had collapsed on, on the, the sort of field after the gun had went. I hopped over to, to see if I could help because uh, the guys were obviously busy on the medical side of things. I ran through the finish to get uh, some medical attention for this guy and didn't even think, and I crossed the mat and I slid my running shoes on. So I didn't start the race because I was sick, but I ended up finishing it, and I messed it up so badly I missed the cutoff by five minutes. <laughs> uh, thank, thanks for uh, revealing that, Brad. And uh, I think that it's more in, uh, it can be a humorous story, but I think what's more importantly is from our side as comrades is yes, that is one of the results that's going to pop up as uh, rather looking strange. And I think it's more around the process that we then as organizers follow to give everybody an opportunity where there there's, might be something that looks adversely strange, the opportunity to respond such as way you have. Uh, so that we can actually just analyze each one of those before and if any sort of disciplinary action needs to be taken. So uh, I think it's a proper process that we will certainly follow as the uh, race organizers. And that's the important thing, really. You know, this is brand comrades at, at uh, name that is at stake here as well. But more importantly, uh, it's just a, it's, it's a flagrant disregard for all the other runners out there that uh, follow the process and, uh, you know, do the race and achieve the goals in an honest manner. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Rowan, just so you know as well, I'm going to be following up with KZNA because obviously uh, moving forward now from the 2014 race, you, you've obviously putting processes and procedures in place to deal with the guys that are cheating, but we're obviously still sitting with the outstanding uh, sort of results and, and disciplinaries of, of the guys who, who, who Mark, like you mentioned, found, uh, and we're exposed here on Run Talk SA. So I'm going to be following up with KZNA because that still obviously needs to be dealt with, uh, and, and hopefully we'll have some feedback uh, here on Run talk essay in the, in the weeks to come so Rowan I want to thank you for your time today uh, yeah I really appreciate it it was awesome being down at Comrades unfortunately I wasn't able to run because I was sick but uh, yeah I definitely will be back next year looking forward to it fantastic Brad and uh, yeah maybe if I just wind up uh, there seems to be a few rumours oh, and all that yes, sort of thing flying yes. around on social media today so uh, just to categorically state on the show that number one uh, next year's race will be an up run there's definitely no down run next year the race will be on the 31st of May. And secondly, there's absolutely no way that there's going to be a 21-kilometer half marathon during Comrade. So I think if we can just use your platform of run talk and say just to squash those two rumors right here and now, uh, it is definitely an up run 31 May 2015 and no 21K involved in Comrades. I'm so glad you brought that up because that was actually two things I wanted to ask you as well and I actually forgot. So brilliant. Definitely an uprun. And and Rowan, just, I mean, that I understand where those rumors come from. Uh, obviously, the two cities really want the big races to finish in their city. The last big one was the 2010 Comrades and that finished in Durban and, and Maritzburg obviously really want the 90th running uh, to end in Maritzburg. So I understand where, where that comes from. But the 21, where did that come from? I think uh, potentially, uh, Brad, is it uh, obviously because of my past history involved with Two Oceans and we know the success story of the 21K race there, it might have got a, a little bit misconstrued uh, with one of the journals on uh, Media 24. Uh, 
Uh, I would love to look at uh, enhancing uh, the overall race uh, weekend and experience. With you know, you've got so many people down there uh, that can't run comrades or something like that. But uh, so I think maybe that's where uh, it got a little bit misconstrued. Is that maybe uh, we're going to put a 21k on in the morning before the main race? But that's certainly not going to happen. The idea, it's just purely ideas at the moment, would be maybe to have a, a another race or uh, as part of the basket of events. Uh, later in the year or anything like that. But nothing has been approved by the Heritage Committee. I haven't even mentioned it to the Heritage Committee uh, or the, the board. So uh, I think that's uh, let's just squash it and kill it right here and now that uh, Comrades is 87 stroke, 89 kilometres up or down, depending on what you do. And that's the only race that the Comrades Marathon will focus on right now in terms of our history, ethos, traditions. Awesome. Rowan James, race director of the Comrades Marathon. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll definitely chat soon. Pleasure. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me on the show. And that's it for Untalk SA this week. We'll be back next week. We're going to be chatting a bit about the Nice and Oyster Festival. It's coming up uh, first week of July. I'm going to be doing the Big Five as soon as I get healthy. Uh, the training's been going well. Looking forward to that. We'll chat a little bit about the Nice and Oyster Festival next week and the Nice and Marathon in particular. And as always, love to hear from you on social media. You can tweet us at RuntalkSA. You can pop a message onto our Facebook page or uh, check us out on Pinterest as well. So until next time, from myself, Brad Brown, pop us an email if you like podcast at RuntalkSA.coza. Stay safe if you're traveling back to wherever you're traveling to, still from Comrades. Have a safe journey. We'll chat soon. Cheers. (laughs) 